Welcome to the FedTech Innovator Podcast, bringing you the stories and journeys behind deep tech innovation and entrepreneurship. In each interview, we go behind the scenes with the entrepreneurs, scientists, and visionaries who are engineering the technologies of tomorrow, today. These journeys are unpredictable and full of learning, and whether you're an entrepreneur, researcher, or funder of innovation, our goal is to create a community where we can learn from each other as we all seek to change the world with technology. I'm Ben Solomon, and I'm the founder and managing partner of FedTech. Since 2015, we've been building a bridge between the R&D world and the venture world. Every year, we get to work with hundreds of companies and researchers who are changing the world through technology. In this podcast, we're going to share those stories with you from our friends and colleagues in deep tech. I'm coming to you from our headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, just across from the river from the nation's capital. So you have a great podcast today. We're going to be talking to Justin Duncliffe and Brady Bryan about all things Seattle defense, entrepreneurship, and innovation. And just a disclaimer right at the top that all the views represent um, just for Brady and Justin on a personal level, not the organizations they work for. So let's jump in. All right. Well, hey, everybody. I am really happy to be here today with Justin Dunnicliffe, um, who is the special advisor to the director of DIU, and Brady Ryan, who is currently a principal at uh, National Security Innovation Network. And today we are talking in all things Seattle. We're talking defense entrepreneurship um, and, and innovation ecosystems. But maybe uh, just, you know, real quick, uh, uh, Justin and Brady, why don't you describe kind of what you have going on? Uh, I was really impressed. I got to spend some great time with you a few weeks ago when I did a visit. Um, Love what you're building. Tell tell us about it. Yeah, so I can I can obviously jump in. So, uh, yeah, Ben, uh, really excited to be here. Um, so obviously, I I came out to Seattle uh, from Washington D.C. back in 2020, really seeking to get this you know really amazing you know tech ecosystem involved in in helping us solve national security problems, and. Um, and found a place that had a lot of potential, a lot of talent, but almost no relationships um, to the DOD um, or the defense industrial base. And so, you know, I've been spending a lot of my time trying to build up resources out here. Um, so in 2021, we established a program called the Mission Acceleration Center um, in partnership between Ensign and the Office of Naval Research. Um, and we've been running that since late 2021. Um, and we got a big congressional ad through the National Security Innovation Network um, to uh, expand that program. Um, so we've I've really been uh, focused on getting that to full operating capacity out here in Seattle, um, trying to get more DOD and other federal government partners involved with it, uh, you know, helping to do outreach and engagement with the startups and the academics out here to understand the opportunities with DOD. Um, and then uh, furthermore, I'm also putting a lot of time and energy into trying to figure out exactly how uh, this defense innovation sort of enterprise can can really uh, deliver for our customers, which are the other elements of the DoD, um, as well as provide good services to startups and industry that want to get involved. Yeah, thanks, Justin. And yeah, just for context, Justin and I have known each other for a lot of years. We were young pups back in the day on, on Ensign programs uh, before it was even Ensign. It was it was MD5, and um, we miss having you around DC. But glad that you uh, landed up where ended up where you did. But um, yeah, Brady. So yeah, tell us tell us your story and kind of what what yeah what you're working on currently. 
Yeah, I'll just say, uh, Justin, happy to have you in the Northwest as well. Um, hey, everybody, Brady Ryan. Uh, I work for National Security Innovation Network, regional engagement principal here. Um, so I sit in Seattle, and that's where I've been for most of my career. Uh, recently, I moved over here from uh, what had essentially been startup services for the last 10 years or so. So on both sides of the mountains uh, here in Washington, uh, to have done work with the biotech life science sector, angel groups, um, uh, VC programs, consulting programs, and then more recently uh, running startup incubators uh, through the University of Washington. So um, I was in kind of that startup support ecosystem for about 10 years. And then uh, when this opportunity came up, that was a great opportunity to see how another side of entrepreneurship worked. Um, not necessarily a secret that the Seattle and Washington ecosystem, while incredibly strong on the startup side, isn't as engaged with DOD and defense tech as it otherwise uh, could be. So that was interesting. I kind of wanted to explore that. And so it's been fun to kind of start to draw those lines and, and bring those resources together. What I'm curious, I mean, I, so I was struck by that, right? We all know Seattle as, um, you know, big corporate presence, you know, probably one of the, the, the probably two or three best tech ecosystems in the country, amazing startup culture. But you guys obviously uncovered this big gap, you know, in that, that okay, we're, these companies are not, actively working with DOD maybe as much as they could be. What's the reason? I mean, what's, what, what did you notice even early on in this process of building a program with, with the Mac and with Ensign to fix the problem? What, what is the problem? Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, I think one, it comes down to geography, you know, Washington state's very far away from Washington, DC, the opposite sides of the country. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just a lack of sort of historical experience, I guess, of the DOD engaging with this ecosystem to really solve problems. Um, so, you know, there's a big shift to defense innovation and engaging with startups back in 2015. You know, we had the rise of DIUX saying, hey, we need to go to Silicon Valley, we need to engage with startups. Um, and I think so much attention got put on Silicon Valley and Austin and Boston and, and people kind of overlooked Seattle. Um, and they would do things like come for a visit, you know, like do visit the usual suspects. They'll go to Microsoft, uh, Amazon, Boeing. They'll come out to the University of Washington. They'll engage with the uh, Islands to for artificial intelligence. But then they just turn around and go home. And, um, and, and no one really put in the time to establish actual relationships um, in this community, which is really critical if you want to do work here. Um, it's not to say that, you know, Washington people are not friendly, uh, but, you know, there is definitely much greater value put on people who actually choose to stay in Washington state and, and make this their home rather than the people who just kind of fly in for, for a week and, and head back out. Um, and so, you know, that I, and it, it's really surprising. I, I had a great week. I, I flew in and out for a week. I, I love it. Not the other, <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, present yeah, company I excluded. Mean, okay, yeah, okay, present right. present company excluded. Um, but you know, it's it's really surprising because Washington State, specific, specifically the area around Puget Sound in Seattle, uh, really high concentration of DOD personnel. Um, you know, between active duty reserves, uh, contractors and civilians. I mean, you're pushing at close to a hundred thousand, if not over thousand people. Um, and you know, big Navy footprint, big Army footprint. Um, but you know, you wouldn't know it 
just by looking at the area. And, and I think just people just don't know that that's, that's really a thing. It's just not in their, the front of their mind. And so no one ever really sought to engage on that side with this tech ecosystem that's emerging here. Um, and, and it was really funny, like right before I came out and the people were telling me, oh, like, good luck going to Seattle. You're probably not going to find anything because nobody wants to do national security work out there. And, um, and for me, you know, being born and raised Washington, you know, I went to the University of Washington. I, I grew up on an island in Puget Sound. I was bound by the ferry to leave that island. Um, so this is, this I, is I have a good view, like a beautiful spot. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Great place to grow up. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm from here. And so I kind of know what the people are like and, and my own desire to get involved in, in national security work, uh, was the whole driver why I had to go to Washington, DC. And so I, I felt like it was pretty, there was a latent capacity that was not being tapped into. And if we could just present the opportunity to, to them, people would actively choose to get engaged. Yeah, and that's really, I mean, and that's the foundation, it, it seems like, of creating kind of that friendly front door between whether it's it's the MAC, it's, it's we know that's Ensign's mission, we know DIU also. Um, Brady, like, what, what what's your current job? And then kind of what does your week look like when you look at, like, bridging, okay, this gap? Like, we got, we got great companies in Seattle. Let's get them more comfortable working with DOD. Let's let DOD also conversely kind of know that they're out there. How do you do that? What's, what's, your, what's your week look like? Yeah, sure. I mean, so I think of, I think of the role that I'm in and there's folks like me all across the country. I think of us as essentially the sales organization for Ensign, right? We have got really good program managers that are building the product essentially. And then, and then we've got folks geographically dispersed like myself who are trying to build partnerships and get folks on board. Um, well, even just about really like just, um, I always joke that like we have to explain things for, um, our number one listener is, uh, my, my mom. Um, so. If, if you were going to explain Ensign to my mom who doesn't know it, sure. like, like even just what's the Ensign 101? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good point. Thank you. Uh, well, hello, ma'am. Nice to speak to you. Um, so Ensign, we're a, we're a DOD program and we're reporting um, now directly to uh, SecDef and, and we exist to build a network of innovators to solve national security problems. And so kind of one of the hypotheses is that um, you know, a lot of the smartest people in the country that can really move the needle for uh, national defense and, and defense innovation aren't at, um, you know, the big primes that the DOD is really good at working with. And those folks are fantastic, but they're not necessarily the best place to solve every problem. And then if the DOD doesn't necessarily have the muscle of working with these smart folks that are going to be in startups and they're going to be in academia and they're going to be individual folks with good ideas, um, we see a role for ourselves at Ensign to to kind of provide that mechanism. And the hope is that, you know, we build these programs that get, you know, uh, uh, an Air Force wing working with a startup and, uh, you know, a group of Marines working with um, an academic group and they get really good at it and we can kind of melt off and disappear into the sunset. But until then, I think that there's some help that needs to be there. And Seattle is a great example of that, right? We've got great academia and we've got great mission partners and got great startups, but no one's really lighting up and speaking the same language. So Ensign helps them speak that language. And, and, and my day to day, my week is, is trying to get folks at the table, lining up um, problems that a mission partner has. Uh, hey, we need to deploy a large language model to help inform, you know, X thing that we're doing. And then going to find startups or academic folks that can hopefully solve it. 
and it's it's easy, right? Because all the hard work is done at the program level. Um, and we just have to get people at the same table, match up needs with resources. Yeah. So we got, so we got in Seattle, if you look, we got, we got Ensign, we got, um, the Navy and, and I'd like to hear just even, I think folks would be interested in, I, I find this, the whole submarine underwater, uh, stuff, super, super interesting. And I know there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, we have the Mac, you know, so the Mac is kind of a, another, you know, independent, separate entity of, of, of what else is going on. Um, Justin, you're the, you're the Mac daddy. Like you're the guy that came up with this, right? So like what's, um, what we what, what was the idea and what, what, what is it, the Mac going to be? Yeah, this is a great question. So, so when I got out here, like I said, early, uh, earlier in 2020, you know, it was me and it was Naval Ops were the, the two innovation organizations that were permanently had people here and doing something in the region. So, um, the Northwest tech bridge. Uh, is based in Keyport, Washington. It's attached to the Naval Undersea Warfare Center Division Keyport. Um, for those who are not familiar with the geography of Puget Sound, um, that is on the other side of Puget Sound from Seattle. So you can take a ferry from there. Um, between, depending on which one you take, it takes between an hour and thir- like 30 minutes to an hour to cross Puget Sound uh, by a ferry. Um, or you can drive all the way around, which can take anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, three hours, depending on. That's what I did. I was like, I was like, why is it showing yeah. that long and when is it's like 10 geographic miles distance? And I'm like, why is it okay? Why is right. it a car drive? But yeah, I learned that the hard yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. So nice place to have a helicopter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so, I mean, and, and so you're, you're, you know, it's, it's far, right? Anything more than an hour generally is going to be considered kind of far, far to go. And so engaging across the water from Keyport to Seattle, uh, kind of a challenge, but that's where the Navy put their, their Northwest tech bridge, their outpost to engage with this, this ecosystem, um, out on the Kitsap Peninsula. Um, and, um, and when I got here, you know, I was talking to Johannes Schoenberg, who was then the, the director of the Northwest tech bridge and the director of engagement for, um, you know, Keyport. And we are realizing that we were talking to the same companies and we were talking to all the same kind of people who were finding out about DOD's presence in the Northwest. And we were having the same conversations with them, creating a lot of redundancy. And um, a big thing that he and I both internalized early on was that we don't want to waste anyone's time. And if DOD starts to become, you know, perceived as being a waste of time to talk to, then people are going to stop engaging. Um, and so on the one hand, we wanted to create something that would sort of centralize all of these defense engagement activities ongoing in the region. Um, but simultaneously also create a clear beacon for people who do want to do this work to be able to find it find a door that they can walk through, find an actual human being on the other side of that door that's willing and interested in talking to them and learning about what they can do and, and talking to them about the op- opportunities that they have in front of them. Um, and so Johannes and I, you know, with a, a group of um, additional people who are out here from uh, you know, end users and some other people from the community, we're like, why don't we just create a space that, that we could do this um, and so we came up with the Mac Mission Acceleration Center and, uh, one of our partners, uh, in this effort, her name is Katie Drucker. Um, at the time she was the head of business development and partnerships for Madrona Venture Group. 
Uh, so Madrona Venture Group is the largest venture capital firm in the region, um, you know, over a billion dollars within our funds. Well, they have some, some history, right? Like, was, were they early with, was it, was it Amazon? Or? Amazon. Yeah, oh, they no, were no, one right. of the first investors in Amazon. So, yeah, so that was, uh, that was a big part of it. But they're deeply integrated across all, all of this, this entire community. Um, that was, and, the, that was like, the, that return would probably create, like, and, and yeah, any, any, uh, you know, any venture person would be pretty thrilled with that. That's, uh. Yeah, 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 good stuff. I don't think it's hard to raise round N plus one after that. No, (laughs) no, yeah. So, so, uh, Madrona, you know, Katie spent a lot of time trying to get Madrona interested in this idea, and and they're they they are interested. I think still to them, it's a bit of an experiment because we have yet to really get the Mac up and running fully to demonstrate the full the full power of this battle station. Um, but um. The, uh, you know, they were interested. They were like, we've not explored the defense market for our portfolio companies. We, we have companies that do end up doing work in the national security space, but that's not necessarily by design on our, like, it's, it's great that they do that, but we're not necessarily, we don't really know that much about it. So we're not going to tell them to go and pursue that. And I think for them, you know, not to put words in their mouth, but this is sort of an opportunity to learn some more about it, having sort of that proximity to DOD. Um, and so we were able to lease space from them while on the floor below Madrona Venture, which they actually run. Um, and it's co-located with a group called Madrona Venture Labs, which is a venture-backed uh, incubator. Um, and there's other startups that sit on the same floor as us. Um, we had a, have had a great startup sitting with us for a long time called Pendulum. Uh, they have direct commercial and national security applications for what they're doing. And so it's been helpful to have them and their perspective in terms of what we could be doing to bring value to them. And um, I think it's it's been great. And that's the model that we want is to have companies coming through, spending time with us, um, ideally having more DOD and government representation in the space um, and and just fostering that kind of collaboration. Um, and, and a key thing that was really forefront in our mind was the need for proximity. So we needed to be in the same space where other people were going to be, where they wanted to be. So yes, it could be, you know, way cheaper to go to a place like South of Seattle, like Tukwila, get some industrial park or whatever, or just get some, you know, generic office space, but nobody's going to go there. Like, so why, like, why, why be there? And so it was really important to be in a space that people would want to be and to um, run events or draw people in. And then through that, you know, create the opportunities for that serendipitous kind of innovation, really enabling companies that show up to learn about some emerging threat um, facing the nation. And, but getting the chance to talk to the person sitting next to them who maybe is doing something similar or just something related to what they do. And then they create a partnership and, and coming together, actually solve the problem and build something that's, that's great. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's about the education. It's about bringing people in and teaching them something, but it's also just about the engagement in general through the community. And then through that, actually building a community around solving defense and national security problems. Um, so that's, that, that's really the vision that we had when we were, we were conceptualizing that. So I'm really excited to see, um, you know, when it's fully funded and fully staffed 
And, and as we get more and more participants from the government coming in, like we just had some great conversations with NASA and we're really excited about this concept. Um, I think, you know, they've, they've recognized that Seattle and the Puget Sound area are important and want to figure out how to, to engage better. And, and, you know, by creating something like the Mac, I think we make it easier for other partners inside the federal government to be able to come out and, and engage with this. It, yeah, it's always been interfascinating, like the, the sort of, it, it's, it's sort of this two-sided market, right? Where you have, you have great tech startups, right? That, and, and often the thought is like, okay, they, they need to learn how to work with DOD, right? And that's definitely part of it. But then there's also this other opportunity that I, I get really excited about, which is how do you get, you know, DOD to learn how to work with, with startups, right? Like, so I see like, and I'm sure you, you guys see too, I mean, the, the, the best kind of defense customers are the ones that have that empathy for for what it's like to be a tech venture. You know, they they um, orient, they they're helpful. You know, in in different ways to the venture. You know, when they they recognize the need to have things go quickly, right? That's not usually number. You know, one of the top complaints is defense is a slow buyer. You know, which it doesn't have to be. But um, is there is there kind of this vision of of you know, when you think about this the collaboration that can happen at a at a place like the Mac that it's kind of this. This, this double learning um, where both both uh, groups are getting to, to learn about each other and get better through that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a, that's a fundamental principle, right? Is, is giving the DOD the opportunity to actually learn, you know, what the startup ecosystem is doing, how, what it's like to work with them and what they need and how to communicate with them, um, as well as teaching the startup ecosystem how to do work with us. So I, it's really is a two way street. It's, it's not just about, Hey, here's our problem. Start a ecosystem, go solve it. Like we, we need to create that collaborative partnership and that's, that's really what we're seeking to do. And Brady, I'm curious. So you, you came from, from UW, right? Which great mm -hmm. venture mm -hmm. program there was DOD newer to you at the, at, before you kind of got in this game and like what, what, so what's been your impression? I mean, coming from, the commercial world and starting to work, you know, now with the defense department. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I didn't know uh, much at all about working with the DOD until I hosted a podcast with Justin as my guest uh, at UW. Um, it, it, yeah. I mean, it, at least in Washington state, DOD is not front of mind. Some of the med tech folks are more likely to think in that direction. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not where a software entrepreneur thinks to go. It's not where a, uh, somebody working on a, um, you know, dental device with somebody I was working with. It's not where they think to go, um, but it absolutely should be. And to your point, we need education on both sides. The DOD is speaking one language, startups are speaking another language, and we're never going to get them to switch languages. But if we can get them to come meet in the middle a little bit and, and at least know how to translate, that starts to get stuff done. Um, and I, I do think it's a, remarkably big opportunity for all the startups in the ecosystem where I was talking to Justin one time and he was telling me about this job that I'm in now. And I said, you know, I don't know anything about, about missiles and bombs and tanks. And he said, yeah, you know, the DOD does missiles and bombs and tanks, but aside from that, they'd be the world's largest ecosystem. So they shipping and they need logistics and they need software and they, and everything that a startup has, somebody in the DOD probably needs it. And so I think there's a mental shift that has happened in other geographies, perhaps, but has not happened in Seattle yet, where, where startups who are making something that isn't, they can't immediately picture it 
strapped to the back of a soldier, you know, they need to make the leap that, hey, this is applicable somewhere in the DOD and we just have to learn how to kind of sniff that out and, and go find those opportunities. What is funny, yeah, and, and so I don't know if I talked about this with you guys, with you guys before, but I, so I, I was a history major in college. I'm a big history buff. So I always get excited when I, when I read, you know, the, 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 the role of DOD and even creating commercial technologies, right? So one of my favorite examples, <laughs> you guys probably wouldn't have heard of this, but um, Sage uh, semi-automatic uh, ground environment was this MIT program in the 1950s that was basically linking together um, ground stations for radar in a way that hadn't been done before. And literally that created like the modern, you know, internet, right? That like, that's where yeah. we built. That's where, you know, a lot of user interface was developed and like, and, and nobody ever thinks, you know, about that, right? Cause you always, you always would envision, you know, Silicon Valley, but it's, yeah. um, DOD yeah, can be kind of this driver for literally what's, what's next, right. Too. And, and it's happening all around us, uh, which I think is a fun part of our type of jobs. Yeah. DOD. And I mean, all kind of, I mean, the federal spend is, is, is high. The federal needs are high. Um, I mean, NASA, who you work with a ton, I mean, how many day-to-day -day technologies that you and I still use are coming from federally funded places, right? And the, a lot of those folks need help commercializing. It's scientists come up with great ideas and that's fantastic, but it has to get to market. So there's, there's roles for folks like the three of us to help, help do that. I'm interested. Yeah. I mean, so you guys tell me more about like just this idea of an ecosystem and Seattle, what does that mean to you? And like, like I, I get just interested in, in, in places that are, you know, not necessarily Silicon Valley, Boston, Austin, but still are like a great place to be an entrepreneur. What, what do you, what do you feel like about Seattle? Cause I know you're both very passionate that like Seattle is an amazing place to build a company. What, what, what do you think like is the reason for that? I think the workforce is huge. Um, I think that I, I read that we're the number one um, most educated city in the country, right? Uh, we've got an absolute PhD mill at the University of Washington, kicking out tons of really smart people all the time. Ditto Washington State University and a ton of in-migration as well, happening more and more all the time. So really educated. And then the big, uh, the big industry folks, Microsoft, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, that have like really seeded the ecosystem for a long time with smart folks who like to do tech entrepreneurship. Um, the academic side, really strong. University of Washington, everybody knows about them. Um, I mean, they've got $5 billion raised by their spinouts in the last five years. Um, hundred spinouts actively right now, um, doing it, doing a ton in software and medical uh, in life sciences. Um, do you have like in, for, for like your, your um, Microsoft or Amazon is like, is there kind of a mm -hmm. culture of ventures coming on? Like not quite spinoffs, right? But like people leaving those companies to start. Like I know Google has that in a big way, right? Where like, if you're a Googler, you're going to be able to raise money quick, quickly. And like, there's a, you know, obviously a lot of ventures started by ex Google. Is that happening with, with Microsoft and, and Amazon? It definitely happens with Microsoft. I think it happens more with Amazon even. I mean, Amazon is probably um, Seattle's biggest uh, friends and family funder because folks go there and work for several years, uh, vest their options, and then go spin out startups, right? So I think that that's a benefit that we have as well. Justin, what, 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 like, what do you think? I mean, just when, when the Seattle ecosystem is, is up and running, like, what does it mean to you in terms of, you know, being a, a place to, to, to start or grow ventures? Um, well, I think, you know, one, it's just a, it's just a great place to be. Like, I, I love the geography too, Ronald. It's a beautiful, 
beautiful place. Um, and uh, I think that there's just like a really substantial amount of like diversity in the different types of things that we've done here as well. So, I mean, we, you know, you, you have those beginnings of like aerospace with Boeing back in World War II. Um, but you know, the, the areas of technology that are worked on out here kind of run the gamut. Like you're, you're doing aerospace, you're doing cloud computing, AIML, arguably one of the capitals of the country, AIML research and, and company development, um, biotech and life sciences, um, communications, energy. Um, I just think that there are so many different opportunities out here for the different types of work and the different types of technologies and capabilities that created that people are interested in doing. And so you can also just find people who want to do that work. So, so that's, that's a big piece of it. Um, I think, you know, in addition to be highly educated, we had like one of the highest concentrations, I think of engineers, um, in the country, it was, it was something like 120,000 engineers just in Seattle. Um, it's just a huge, huge number. Um, and so, you know, talent, talent is a big, big piece of, I think, what this ecosystem has to offer. Um, and, and I think there's, you know, people, more and more people are realizing. That 120,000, that's software engineers specifically. Yeah. So that's not aerospace engineers. That's not electrical engineers. That is just the software engineers. And then uh, obviously a long history of a lot of uh, electrical and computer engineering here as well. So, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, when you guys like just even, even take me back in time a little bit. So you, I, you, you both weren't always doing this work. I mean, Brady, I know you came from the other side of the state, right? Like what's been your career path? And then what did you, what did you learn, especially I know with from the, the UW experience sounds it was it was really interesting. I mean, what, what did you kind of learn at each step of the way? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I got really lucky and landed a role with uh, a trade association out of college. I was a bio major and got a, got a role with now it's called Life Science Washington. So the state's trade association for the life sciences. And I was doing commercialization work. I think I mentioned ran an angel group, did consulting services, all of that. Um, that's when I learned, man, I really like working with startups. This is, is something really exciting about working with folks who are fully committed to what they're doing, um, that have a lot on the line and are working really hard to bring about new stuff. Um, um, after that, yeah, I went to Spokane and did a virtual incubator. Um, that was a great opportunity to learn about kind of secondary geographies. Spokane, Washington, not as big as Seattle, but saw that a relatively small group of highly motivated individuals can do a lot of work to move an ecosystem forward um, without, you know, a huge history of tech startups, without just pools of private money around to raise uh, for, for startups to raise from folks pulling in the same direction, got a lot done. What's um, um, like, what did that look like? Like what's um, like what, who was working together and kind of what was the, what was the magic uh, there? Yeah, so there was there's a group called Ignite Washington out of Spokane, lit by a guy Tom Simpson, and and he runs uh, Spokane Angel Alliance, I believe it's called, um, and you know they've just done a really good job of 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 building a brand so that startups know that they can raise money if they come out of Spokane, and also kind of providing a table where uh, myself I was working for UW at the time, but out on the wrong side. Um, felt dangerous at times. And then I, but also like the public library got involved, the business library pitch book license. 
And these other industry groups got together and just uh, a vista, the local um, uh, privately owned utility out there did an incredible amount of work to bring resources to bear for startups. And so just like this weird hodgepodge group of individuals that just wanted to see the startup ecosystem move forward in Spokane because we thought there was a really good story. And, and um, how you cool know, yeah, I mean, just it does, you don't have to necessarily be a, a big city to, I love that idea. Yeah everybody's seeing the value and supporting ventures uh, mm-hmm. really cool. And, and I think that that's something that Seattle does um, differently, but really well as well. We talk about coopetition in Seattle where folks that are working on similar competing technologies can kind of share resources, right? And they're not going to compete any less hard, but there's a, there's a feeling of cooperation around here because we're not San Francisco. We're not Boston. Um, kind of like Spokane, hey, we we want to punch above our weight. We want to climb the ranks. We want to share resources. We want to work together. And I think that's one of the things we we haven't talked about um, is sort of an ethic there around uh, helping out and lending a hand and sharing resources that exist here in Seattle that is pretty important. And you saw that at, at UW as well, right? Um, Co-Motion Labs, the, the incubator I was, I was working for, um, we didn't only have UW spinouts. We would take in spinouts from a garage somewhere, or they could have spun out a wazoo. They could have come from anywhere. And it doesn't really always make sense why UW was spending money for that purpose, right? And we just kind of exist the right thing to do. We want to see this ecosystem expand. We want to support it. And, you know, everybody knows that the more resource we make available, the better it's going to be for everybody. It's the, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. So, um, I think that's important and uh, it's been fun to get to kind of play in those waters quite a bit. When even again, Justin, even and maybe get your take on this too, because I got fascinating. Like I found, I mean, even above and beyond you guys and how, how you, you introduced me all around, you're incredibly welcoming, you know, to, and helpful as I was, as I was doing my trip and meeting with, you know, local folks, I found that just in general, there was a friendliness and kind of a, an openness that you don't always see. And I, I get to, you know, go around to, pretty cool venture spots around the country often. And like, um, Justin, like, what, what does it, what does it mean to you? What's different about Seattle, you know, just from an attitude standpoint? I mean, I just think we're, we're really laid back, honestly, maybe, maybe not quite as laid back as Hawaiians, you know, but, uh, but I think generally speaking, we're pretty easygoing people. Um, I mean, you just sense it in the culture too, right? Like, you know, we've, we've both spent time in DC, standard business attire suit and tie right every office that you go to everyone's at least wearing a dress shirt um in yeah. seattle you know like i remember when i um you now obviously i started in, in law in seattle so i was a paralegal and so i was still subject to that kind of dress code but i i got to work for microsoft for a while before i went to grad school and um and that was kind of my first foray into like the tech ecosystem here and it was pretty different, right? Like show up, wear jeans and t-shirt. Like that's what you're wearing to work. Um, and I think that that really speaks to the culture, I think around this community is that we're really not uptight. We're, we're really just kind of here to do the work, you know, want to be around other people who want to do the work, but we also just kind of want to enjoy ourselves too. And so I, I you know, I think that that sort of lends itself to that kind of this Yeah, I, I love it. It's definitely, it feels like a place you focus during the day and then go crack a great beer, you know, overlooking the water 
so many options, so many options. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I love it. It's, um, yeah, there's a different, there's a different vibe. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the, the DC, the suits in summer thing, I never understood it, but it's, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's just terrible. I, I just, I, I've had mistakes where like I'll park on the wrong side of the Pentagon and like wearing a suit in, in 98 degree weather. And it's like a, just a disaster by the time I hoof around. Yeah. yeah, it's, I've had, I've had that happen, but, um, well, Ben, I'd love to hear your impression. You, you've been out here a couple of times or you just spent uh, a week out here. How do you view it from kind of the outsider perspective? How do you view kind of the ethos out here compared to DC or, or New York or any of the other big yeah. hubs? I mean, I, I, I was, um, I was impressed by like the quality of, of the, the companies that I got to meet, the quality and just the talent of the people, but there wasn't like an era of, of pretension that, that sometimes like, and, and I, I love San Francisco to death, but like when I go around there, like, um, and, and just meet the venture people there, it's, it's a little bit, there's a snootiness to it that, that, and like kind of a, they want you to know that they're the world's greatest venture builders, you know, and that's kind of <laughs> their grown in position. And I found like with, with, with you guys, with the crew out in Seattle, it was, it was, you know, just e equally accomplished, but also just a little bit more about, you know, talking about the ideas, talking about, you know, the, what people are working on. Um, yeah. Versus like kind of the pretense of, you know, even, and, and maybe, maybe I have some uh, uh, insecurities about being an East coast venture guy when I go, go westward, you know, but um, you know, I, I found that like, uh, you know, it was, it was very welcoming in that regard. Right. They, nobody made me feel like, uh, Hey, you're from DC, you know, what, what kind of ventures you build there kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you're in DC, the first job, the first question that people ask is it's either what do you do or who do you work for? Right. And it's always that kind of like status, <laughs> yeah. status question of like, how do I rank you, uh, among all these other people that I meet? And that's, you know, not really how we, how we do things out here. Yeah, yeah. We asked pale ale or IPA. And that's, yeah. that's where jumping <laughs> off point. Oh man, IPAs. Yeah. And it's just, you guys, you guys have, um, I am an IPA snob and like some of the best IPAs I've had in recent memory were, were out in Seattle. So you guys have it going on. Um, yeah, I guess just to sort of finish up here, you know, we always ask this question of if you're advising a, a startup, right, you got a young, hungry founder that wants to work with DOD for the first time or, or even suspects maybe that, that, you know, her product has relevance, you know, for the defense department, what would you tell them? Like, what's the simple version of, of how to get started? Um, we'll go to you, Brady first. Yeah. And then Justin. So, I mean, self-serving, I'd say find Ensign. Um, but that would be similar advice, even if it wasn't a DOD opportunity and this was a software um, entrepreneur, I'd say find the, the resource sets, find the nodes, find the people who get paid to connect you to stuff. Because there's a lot of folks with jobs like mine whose paycheck is, they get paid to connect you to resources, to programs, to smart people. And even if they don't get paid for it, even if it's another founder down the street, people really, really want to help folks be successful. And folks, if, if somebody hears that you've got a good idea, they are very willing I find to break out the Rolodex and make those introductions. So find the resource sets. Ensign, in our case, if you're doing DOD, DIU, FedTech, lots of folks who want to support that type of innovation and see where to go. You don't have to be the expert on everything. You just have to find somebody who can introduce you to the expert on that thing. Um, and there's a lot of us out there that want to do that. 
Yeah, thanks. And, and Justin, like even and even going a level deeper, like you. You've been, you know, here for like seeing kind of the growth of like back when when we were first at MD5, it's like it was brand new, right? There was no Ensign. DIU had literally just gotten off the ground. What have you seen? How is how is um, how is the sort of interface with the venture world grown in your opinion? And then and then what advice would you give somebody to tap in? Yeah, so I mean, I obviously there's there's way more attention on this. I mean, a lot more people know what DIU is. They know what Afworks is. They know they know Naval X is. Um, so I think I think there's a, a, a far greater level of attention from these ecosystems that we're trying to engage that there are opportunities to do this work. Um, my my advice would be um, to really like engage with these organizations. We'll try to engage with the end users that you think you want to work with because for you to build something that's actually needed, you know, it's it's going to come down to those end users who are going to be the ones actually using it that are going to make this the most successful. Um, so, uh, you know, that, 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 um, the concept of customer discovery, right? Like it's just as important here in the defense market as it is in the commercial. Right. Um, so I wouldn't jump straight to how do I get a DOD contract? It's how do I build something that's relevant to the actual mission sets within DOD so that I know. Good advice. Love it. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you. Um, keep doing the good work you're doing. Keep, um, yeah, being, being the good guys you are. And thanks for being a part of this, uh, podcast. Really enjoyed this and we'll leave it here. So thanks everybody. Thanks for having us, Ben. Thank you, Ben.